This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty, there he is. How you feeling, Ira? How you feeling about this mess that is called the Miami Heat right now? Uh, you know what? I'm probably feeling how they're feeling. Plenty stressed about it. Uh, when reality hits home, and you realize who you are and the task ahead of you, I think this is as sobering as any time I can remember for the Heat, probably in the last at least three seasons, even even two years ago when they lost in the first round to Milwaukee. They still felt there was something left. Now to have to probably try to make the playoffs through the play-in round, this is like nothing this team has experienced in at least four years. It's almost like you're back in the Tyler Hero draft year getting through that 2018-19 season. No, it's uh, it's uh, kind of disturbing uh, what's going on, and I know that you know many times I watch the comments of uh, the coach or the players, and specifically with Jimmy Butler, he kind of kept putting you off. Uh, no, we'll be fine. We'll turn it up. We'll turn it up. Um, and you're talking about you know finding out the reality of who you are. Does Jimmy Butler still think right now that they can turn it up? Because it just doesn't seem like a team that can find a way to turn it up. No, and it's interesting because at all the turns, Big O, first you say, we'll turn it up at the trading deadline. They got nothing. Then you go, we'll turn it up at the buyout deadline. And there was real optimism with Kevin Love and Cody Zeller until you realize this team needed more than ninth and 10th men. They need something further up the rotation. What hits home is this. This Heat team, honestly, for the last three years, from the bubble, making it to the finals, to last year within one shot, one game, one win of the Eastern Conference finals, is they had overachieved. And we're realizing that now after the fact. You know, look, you want to be a fan. You want to be a follower. You want to go, you have a championship aspiration. Eric team. Spolstra, bro. Uh, he, no, Eric Spolstra makes Spolstra you. Spolstra has to overachieve also. And he makes you look better than what you are. Bubble, well, m- m- bubble, journeyman, last year. That's what he does, dude. That's the problem. They're really not that good. It's just you have a great freaking coach that can maximize these guys. You had a team that overachieved before, and Eric Spolstra is underachieving right now. And the problem or, is or maybe this is what they really are. He just got the max out of them last year. Just like the just like the journeymen, he got 31 and 10 out of them, and then they re-sign all of them thinking, oh, you're going to get it again. No, you're not, dude. The, 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 the coach worked his magic. It's over. That's it. No. Or Max Truce got the max out of himself. Gabe Vincent got the max out of himself. Oh, I got that. Tyler I got Hero. I got your explanation on that one. Tyler Hero got the max out of himself as sixth man. That's the thing. This team had to underachieve to be what they are. So if you're going to talk about anyone putting behind the eight ball, it's the way the team was put together. Yes. Hoping for the absolute best case scenario. And when you don't get it, it gets harder for Bam. It gets harder for Jimmy. It gets harder for Tyler. Because I can give you an example. Tonight, Philadelphia 76ers, and I think you'll go down the line agreeing with me. Orlando Alzagari hosted the Big O Show five days a week and Acura Pembroke Pines reports on Monday and Friday. Who's better, Joel Embiid or Bam Adebayo? Uh, Joel Embiid. Okay. Who's a better regular season player? Please use that caveat. Who's a better regular season player, James Harden or Jimmy Butler? Now? Regular season player. Now, now, like yes. the last two years, Jimmy Butler. I think regular season player, James Harden. He can get you 35 points every single night. And yeah, but he, he plays no defense. He does, uh, but he's, um, he's, 
in the regular season. I'm talking about the regular uh, season. Uh, maybe maybe four years ago, five years ago, not the Harden I've watched the last couple of years. I, I'll take I just Butler. think when you do that, and then when Butler. you look at Ty and you look at Tyrese Maxey and Tyler Hero. Oh, Ty don't Tyrese Maxey or Tyler Hero? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, I want Tyrese Maxey because he's going to help me in, in in the three and D department, whereas. Tyler's, Not so much, but in the three department, yeah, I'd agree Tyler, with that. Tyler can what only help me in the three department. Every team's big three that they're playing, Charlotte's an exception, but even going back to what they faced in Brooklyn, certainly what they faced in Milwaukee, even without Giannis, with Drew Holiday, with Chris Middleton, with, with Brooke Lopez, so that's the thing. You're asking your big three to be as good as these other big threes, and they're not. And they're not. So the overachieving came, Duncan Robinson in 2020 when they went to the finals. Max Strews last year. Gabe Vincent last year. Dwayne Dedman had a good year, you know, last season also. A lot of guys had good seasons. The, the, the Wizard can only get so much out of Dwayne Dedman. Victor and then Oladipo eventually the Deadman survive. The Deadman uh, appears. Look, let me explain something to you. Did you watch New Jack City? Can't say that I did. All okay. right, well, if you watch New Jack City, the problem with G-Money was he started to get high on his own supply. And that did not fly well, unfortunately, with the rest of the Cash Money brothers. And so eventually G-Money was, you know, kind of uh, uh, excommunicado, as we say in uh, John Wick. So right. here's the problem. Is the Miami Heat G-Money now? Follow me on this. They used to pick up a Isaac Austin and an Eric Murdoch, and they used to pick up a Keon Dooling, and they used to pick up all these different players off the street, right, and develop them, but they didn't keep them. They let everybody else pay them. Orlando, something happened. Something happened along the way where you pick up Whiteside and James Johnson and Tyler Johnson and Duncan Robinson, and are you going to do it with Max Struess and all this? And you're starting to get high on your own supply, and that's the problem. There, you keep now you're you're falling in love with the guys you never fell in love with. Instead, what you were better off when you used to sign the James Poseys of the world and traded for Shaq and 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 and, Lebr and LeBron and Mason well, that's and that's and a different level. At, well, well, I, that, I well that's making, what that's what I'm saying. And I look think at the we're making a similar point in a different way. Your point is this. This is not about the ancillary pieces. And that's where the Heat have gotten caught up with the ancillary pieces. Exactly. This is about finding another star. So the Heat said, you know what? We have Jimmy Butler. Look what he did for us in 2020. We have Bam Adebayo. He's going to grow into something special. We're extending him. We have Tyler Hero. We think he's going to grow something special. We're extending him. Who's that fourth guy we can get? Who's that fourth star we can bring in? And they brought in Kyle Lowry. That's the problem. Big O, this is a star based league I know. all sports are star based sports in the nba like i went through unless you have a great big three and i mean lebron and bosh and wade level big three you're going to need another leading character that's the problem with the heat matter of fact i'm going to throw this back at you by, big by the way no think, think about this the only guy off the street that they should have signed and they did and kept him forever was udonis haslam Outside of that, all these other guys that you found off the street never, ever approached Udonis Haslam's level of play, leadership, effectiveness on a consistent basis. They have actually failed by re-signing all of those guys that they have just, unearthed okay, off just, the street. You correctly finished your sentence after a poor start for this reason. 
They also with oh, a lot yeah, of those just because you didn't watch New Jack City, that doesn't mean that I, I made a bad analogy that, there. Okay. With, with a lot of those guys, they decided when to cut bait. For example, Isaac Austin. Remember, he was up for new contract, and they realized, nope, we'll go for Brent Barry. Three-year, nine million dollar deal, Orlando. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Jason Capono, great three-point shooter. Toronto came with the offer. They said, you know what? No. Keon Dooling got the offer from the Celtics. They said no. That's the difference then, which means this summer it's going to be interesting when it comes to Max Struess, when it comes to Gabe Vincent, when it comes right now to going in that order. So I think that's what it's going to come down also is what are they going to go doing forward? But this whole thing, this whole thing. But you think about it. All those guys were exploding cigars for other teams. Now you now you're re-signing the exploding cigars for yourself. Or signing the exploding cigar. And I give you one example, Big O. If you take Kyle Lowry's thirty million dollar salary and you take Duncan Robinson's sixteen, eighteen million dollar salary, wow. you have a forty-eight million dollar chunk, yeah. which can buy you any player in the NBA at that salary price point. Amen. So you're trying to argue with me that they did ten thousand things wrong. What I'm saying is they made two significant mistakes. Oh no, I, I, I get. I'm, I'm with you there on that. I, I was the first guy saying the Lowry deal is a terrible deal. Please, right. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. But I'm also adding that they're getting too high on their supply, and they got to stop doing, and they got to go back to what they were doing before. Yeah, you develop these guys, but they're not that good. Don't give them the contracts. Don't tie yourself down. Well, Maybe they should have. After the white side. Johnson Johnson mess. You, I thought you would have learned something, and no, there goes the Duncan deal. Okay, Big O, after the 2020 season and the bubble and Jimmy Butler leaning over that stanchion, literally giving you every last breath. Oh, he was awesome. I think if you ask then, what would you give Jimmy Butler? I, be, I do think, Big O, I might be wrong here. At that point, you might have said, "Give him anything he wants." Oh no, I, I was against he the extension. He wanted Kyle Lowry. I've been I've been That's against the extension. I've been I was against Jimmy's extension, and I was against Kyle Lowry. And that's the thing is, Jimmy at that moment stood as someone you would give him anything you want because he gave you every last ounce. Hey, you live and you learn right now. All of these factors contributed, but more than anything, the one factor that contributed the most is the big money investment. Not Jimmy. He's been fine. He'll be fine. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's fine. For, well, that I don't think that contract ends fine. Okay, we'll wait till that. Yeah. But it's been, it's been the Kyle Lowry thing, and it's been undeniable. Oh, yeah. And it looks like for three seasons of $85 million worth of money, you're going to get one half of one season of payoff. And a one-sixth return on an investment doesn't play at any brokerage. No, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, tonight, they are uh, six-point underdogs. Uh, no Kyle Lowry. Apparently, no Lousy tonight. Uh, any any other news coming out of that matchup? Um, no, it looks like uh, Tyler Hero had a knee issue. He'll be good to go. Kevin Love will be good to go. They're not as good as Philly. Here's the problem. Let's look at the schedule. Not only Philadelphia tonight in Philadelphia, the Sixers Wednesday at Miami-Dade Arena. Then they have the Knicks on Friday, Atlanta on Saturday, Atlanta on Monday, Cleveland on Wednesday, Cleveland on Friday. This is a bitch of a schedule. This is not, okay, we're going to come home, play seven of eight of home, and we'll be okay. No. And this goes back to big, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do the show. No offense to our good friends at Accurate Pembroke Pines on Sunday, because after that Charlotte loss, like I would have had no, there would have been no counterpoint there. It's the crapola losses, the Hornets losses, the Pistons losses. Lost twice to the Hornets already this year. And that's the problem. Look, we, you and I spoke after the loss at home to Denver. Jokic is great. They didn't have that team's number. 
okay, they fought hard, they lost, you move on. Brooklyn last game before the All-Star break, every, Jimmy's halfway to Argentina. It's a road game. Brooklyn has that new player energy and buzz. Okay, Mikel Bridges goes off like he never will before. But there are so many crappy performances that I just wonder if Eric Spolstra can squeeze anything more. I know you've been singing his praises all season. I love him. I love him. I know that he's been extracting orange juice from an orange rind, and I get all of that. He's awesome. But you're at a point now, Big O. Big O, this is a talent league. This is a talent world. The Heat are not talented. No, the Heat they're now, not. The Heat are seventh in the East right now. I'm not so sure I can tell you that the Heat have the seventh best roster in the East. I agree. I'm not so sure I can't tell you that Toronto is better, that Atlanta is better, that Washington. They, they, you know, you can keep squeezing again. They have overachieved, and eventually there's a statute of limitations on overachieving. Yeah, I, I get it, and I, uh, that's why out of everybody there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind Eric Spolster 100%. I, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job considering what he's been given every single year, you know, and he's not given anything exceptional, and that's the, that's the problem. You give him something excellent, he'll turn it into a championship. Sure. By the way, you talked about Atlanta. I'm a really big Quinn Snyder fan, dude. I believe in that guy. I think he's a really good coach. I get it. There's only 30 of those jobs. But my Lord, he's got to try to fix the Trey Young situation. It's like he doesn't look like a bad kid or anything. It's just I look at Trey Young, and after watching him now after several years, he cannot be your best player. And if he's your lead guy, I don't think you'll have a shot ever at being a championship uh, type of team. I almost think, like, I'm serious now when I say this. I think he's more of a second or even a third guy overall, to be quite honest with you. I I don't know how this thing's going to work. I get it. There's only 30 of them, but I kind of feel bad that Quinn has to settle for this job. Well, Trey Young is a leader bust kind of guy because that's how he plays. He's never yeah. going to accept. He's never going to be. He takes high volume of shots. It reminds me of Allen Iverson with the Sixers. Either you surround him with four complimentary players like they did with Matumbo and Eric Snow and George Lynch and Tyron Hill and saying, he's going to shoot a lot. You rebound and give him the ball back, which I don't know if it works in today's NBA. No. But even worse than that, Atlanta is a situation where the owner gave power to the owner's son. The owner's son then moved out the GM, brought in Landry Fields from Toronto, and so now you literally have the kid running the candy store. Bigo, I think over the years you've worked for some radio people who gave the company to their son and told their son to sort of manage thing. And when you get into that kind of family relationship, it's not being run professionally. The Hawks are not being run professionally. But you know about a Quinn Snyder? Everyone has a price, and they hit his price. Yeah. And he said, okay, for that kind of money, I'll put up with his owner's son, I'll put up with Trey Young, and I'll do the best I can. We see this all the time, whether it's Phil Jackson going back to the Knicks. We see it. You do it for a while. You get the money. Hey, if it doesn't work out, you still have your reputation. But that's a tough spot. And yet, with the new coach bump, I could see the Heat having to open the play in, in Atlanta, unfortunately. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a Snyder fan. I like him. What do you got going on in the Sentinel leading you know, up to the game tonight? It's interesting. My ask Ira today was about Victor Oladipo, and I'm surprised you don't have some awkward nickname for him right now because he has been not very good the last two weeks, yeah. not who the Heat thought. Here's what's interesting. They gave him a two-year contract with a $9.5 million player option for next season. Getting high on your own up. supply, Ira. They're yes, getting high yes. on their own supply. And you thought he'd have a good season. He'd opt out. You wouldn't have to worry about it. You might have next season. Not only Kyle Lowry's $30 million on the books, not only Duncan Robbins is 18 but nine and a half for Victor Oladipo. Again, like you said, you're overvaluing what you had. You could have done a one-year deal with Vic, but you wanted to stay your favorite subject under the tax. 
save money on the cap, and you're paying out to the future. Big O, it's like when you refinance your house. You got a bad investment, and you keep refinancing it. Right. That's where the heat wound up with the Oladipo thing. It just shows you. This season is not about one or two or three things souring. Really, it's about four or five or six things, from Gabe Vincent to Max Drews to Duncan Robinson to Victor Oladipo to Dwayne Dedman, who's gone to Kyle Lowry. That's the thing. You can't overachieve when four or five, six parts aren't overachieving. That's where they are right now. So the real question is, will we lift up the G-Money jersey right up next to the Dan Marino and uh, and Jordan jersey? Is that what we're going to do? Well, if you say they they learned their lessons from the movies, then apparently so. Again, there's still 21 games to make the best of their quote-unquote supply. We'll see if that's possible. Aren't you inspired now to go see New Jack City? As soon as I get done with this, I'm going to go to YouTube and see what I can get for free. But I'm more inspired to come back with Kurt Heel on Wednesday, 9 a.m., redrecover.com, Inside the Paint. It'll be in the middle of the series against the Sixers. So we'll have a, an idea. Are the Heat good enough? How do they measure up? Or are they who we think they might be? So I think Wednesday is going to be really interesting because I think Kurt, with his outside view from NBC Sports, maybe can give us another perspective on where the Heat stand. Amen. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Ira, as always, excellent stuff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Enjoy the game tonight. Catch you Wednesday. RedRecover.com inside the paint. Friday, another accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O. You got it, my brother. And by the way, they got a large – Sean and I were there on Friday – the selection is sick right now at Acura Pembroke Pines. They are overflowing with cars, all kinds of new cars. They've got a large selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. Get on down to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines. I saw an NSX there. It's a red one, and it is awesome. So for those of you that, uh, I don't know, you're comfortable and you can get I wish I could afford an NSX Man, that car is absolutely awesome. So get on down there. Go see Larry Schlossberg, Pat Nasto, Tony Stampo, and the great people at Craig Zins. Acura of Pembroke Pines. This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty, Ira. How are you doing, my friend? You doing all right? Better than the heat. <laughs> yeah, 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 I see that. You know, before we get into the heat, I talked about this yesterday, and I don't know if you agree with me, and obviously it doesn't look like they're interested. The whole Goran Dragic thing, and uh, I read a report where Milwaukee now is the one that is interested in him, and I talked about this yesterday because obviously once he became available, the struggles of Lowry Hey, go get Goran Dragic. It kind of makes a lot of sense. And I, and I was one of those guys. But then I started to think about it the night before last, and I talked about it yesterday. And I said, the Heat, there's no way they can make this move because it would only bring grief to them because if he's playing well or if Lowry's struggling and then you go to Goran Dragic, and then you'll create even more tension between Lowry, the team, Butler, all this kind of stuff. I almost think that... You might need Goran Dragic. He might be able to help you. But because of the internal stuff going on, this may not be the time to make a move for a guy like that because it might create some more tension in there than you already have. Your thoughts on that? Screw the tension. You've got to be able to have ambulatory and able bodies to do what you're doing. If Kyle Lowry is not available, look, he showed up in Philadelphia, his hometown, listed as questionable, didn't play. Doesn't play on Wednesday night here in a critical home game against the Sixers. 
already listed out as tonight for the Knicks, and it's the start of a back-to-back. I doubt if he doesn't come back tonight against the Knicks. He's playing Saturday against the Hawks. So you're talking about a player who hasn't played since February 2nd. Then you can go further and say, okay, Ira, but you have a backup point guard, a capable guy in Gabe Vincent. But Gabe's really fallen off a cliff. And sometimes, Big O, it's just a matter of asking someone to do more than their pedigree than they they can do. So it's maybe not a fault of Gabe Vincent. No one really said Gabe Vincent's an NBA quality starting point guard. They said he's a very nice piece in rotation. And there's no other point guard on the roster. So then you say to yourself, ah, no problem. Tyler Hero can handle it. Well, you know what? You add those responsibilities, and his shooting has been abysmal since the All-Star break when you're asking a guy to go above and beyond when he's still trying to really settle into that starting role also. So then you say, okay, we'll have Bam handled. Well, Bam's had a guard Joel Embiid in one game, his guard Nikola Jokic, bigger centers. He doesn't need that on his plate. Then you say, throw it to Jimmy Butler. But you and I, all we're saying is Jimmy needs to score because no one else can. It's kind of crazy that during the all-star break and buyout deadline, they got two big guys in Kevin Love and Cody Zeller and never addressed point guard. It's, you know, unless they thought the point guard options were so poor that there was no need to go in that direction. And let's face it, Goran did fall out of the rotation of a pretty bad Chicago Bulls team. He's not the player we thought he once was. No, of course not. But the fact that they haven't addressed point guard, and it's been sink or swim with Gabe Vincent now since February 2nd with Kyle Lowry out. Isn't this whole season about trying to give Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio their best shot? Yeah, yeah, but you're talking about what they should do. Well, apparently this is not that club anymore. It's They don't do what they're supposed to do anymore. They do other things like sign a 33-year-old point guard to a ridiculous contract, like dealing with the Deadman situation where you have to give up a second-round pick. So it's not – they're not – and that's why they accommodate their players more than anything else nowadays, whereas, you know, Riley was a little bit more ruthless back in the day. I I don't see that ruthlessness, and that's why I don't think they'll do that now, and that's why maybe we haven't heard anything of Miami – and Goran Dragic. And then the next question is, who do you cut for Goran Dragic, right? And that's the other debate, uh, you know, amongst it. And again, are you hanging on to guys that really aren't that good? Are you well, really? You have two ways to go. And one of the guys, and like you mentioned, the loyalty is to a Hayward Highsmith. And look, he's been a terrific emergency fill-in when you've needed him. But now you're down to brass tacks and have to win in the moment. And yes, it is cruel and unfair for a guy who's busted his ass and done nothing but everything you've asked him to do. But like you said, it's a business. Godfather Pat Riley would approach things as it's a business. He would trade Eddie Jones if he had to. He would trade a young and upcoming Karan Butler if he had to. My whole point on this center point guard is this. I'm not worried about chasing mistakes. You keep talking when I come on here and have accurate Pembroke Pines reports about the bad Kyle Lowry contract, and I don't disagree. I'm just moving forward. I'm moving forward from Deadman. I'm saying to myself, in this moment right now, how can the Heat not give itself a better chance with at least one more point guard on the roster? I agree. Now, he's saying, I agree. Because we've got to make this work with Kyle Lowry. Screw that. Don't worry that he's, he's getting – But if they're not making the move, then what's the reason why? 
The reason why is trying to make it work, is trying to justify that Kyle will come back yet and will be on that white horse, leading the Heat back to the playoffs and out of the play-in, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So again, there was hope on Monday. There was hope on Wednesday. There was hope for Friday today. There had been hope for this weekend. Now there's not. That's the thing is, if your trainers are doing their job, which I believe they are, and giving you the proper proper medical information and saying he'll be back this day, this day, or this day, there's been enough time to address that. Instead, they added another center in Cody Zeller, and God bless him, he's played well. But there's a glaring need, I think, elsewhere. This team is struggling. The offense is horrific. And they've really told Gabe Vincent, God bless him, it's Gabe or bust. That's a lot to put on the kid. Well, I know. And this is not a team that used to justify shit. They used to get rid of you and 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 move on, and that's because they uh, used to be able to get rid of you because they didn't wait too long because they had a point where they said, "Okay, not working or going to be overvalued. Let's move on from it." They're past that point of no return with Kyle Lowry. They're past that point of no return with Duncan Robinson. That's the problem. So, I mean, look, you know what? A new point guard, you know whose position he could take is Duncan Robinson's, who did not play in the primary rotation at all on Wednesday night clearly is not part of the rotation, but he has four more years in his contract. There are three more years at $50 million plus. So all of a sudden, you sort of get tied in and tied up by all that. So I know Hall of Heat Nation is saying, nah, don't worry, expiring contract. You'll trade Kyle in the offseason. Not that easy. Duncan Robinson, now they'll find a taker. Not that easy. If it was that easy, it would have been done by the February 9th NBA trading deadline. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's the other thing that they... They are they are signing deals that definitely are not movable after they sign them, and that's been that's been a really rough go for them. All right, so what's the deal with Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler has a sore knee that caused him to miss nine games, I believe. I was listening to a, an internet radio show. The, oh yeah, the Big O show. Oh, that and, guy, and Big that guy. O was talking about how when you signed an older player, you're going to have injuries and aches. It's part of all of us getting old. That's what's happened with Jimmy Butler. He has sore knees. Shocking for a 33-year-old NBA player who played humongous minutes at the start of his career. I hope Jimmy can push through it, but here's the problem, Big O. Each of the next three weekends, the Heat have a back-to-back. Tonight, New York, at home tomorrow against Atlanta. Both very big games. Next week, they have Cleveland on Friday at a tougher-than-you-thought Orlando team on Saturday. And in two weeks, at Chicago, at Detroit. So if you have to measure minutes for Jimmy Butler and you have three huge back-to-backs coming up, including one late in the season at Philly and at Washington, that's the problem. That there's not enough plan Bs on this team because either the rotation didn't work out how you thought, players are underperforming, or injuries have gotten in the way. So there's been a lot put on Jimmy Butler's plate. And again, I know he's missed 15 games. It might seem abnormal, but you know what? If the Heat can only get 15 missed games from Jimmy Butler, they're probably ahead of the NBA star curve in most cases anyway. They just can't afford any more beyond that. You get 67 games from Jimmy Butler, big old, let's be honest. We talk about this in our Accurate Pembroke Pines reports. It's probably what you expected going into the season. But if he misses 16, 17, 18 games on the back back ends of those back-to-backs, you're talking play-in, you're talking, hey, we might be done with this whole thing by April 15th. Tyler Hero, man. What's the deal with Tyler Hero? You know, I'm funny because I just got done writing my Sunday column on that. It's not Tyler Hero's fault, but I believe at the root cause of the Heat struggles is Tyler Hero's situation. By capitulating, 
by kowtowing to ownership after paying him that extension and starting him, I think they've thrown everything out of whack. This team, horrific three-point shooting, we know that. But they've always had a three-point shooter in their starting lineup during the best of times, either Robinson or Struess. Tyler comes in, they don't have that. You're de-emphasizing the three-point shooting. The bench has been horrible. This is the lowest scoring bench in the NBA, uh, rather lowest scoring offensive net rating in the NBA, fourth worst bench in overall net rating, because you've taken the sixth man of the year guy, moved into the starting lineup, and all of a sudden you counted on Victor Oladipo. That didn't work out so well. And you, you counted on Max Keith. You keep accommodating. You keep accommodating. And so, again, and I understand if you're the Arisons and you're going, wait, you think this guy is worth $120 million guaranteed over four years? And you're not starting them. And I've always felt, you know, we talk about Eric Spolstra and, and your appreciation of him. I think in this case, Eric Spolstra's hands might have been tied behind his back. I'm not so sure that Tyler Hero starting was necessarily his decision. And big O, I go back to this. In 2019, the Miami Heat drafted Tyler Hero number 13. And yet when Deion Waiters went south, instead of starting Tyler Hero, they started undrafted Kendrick Nunn. Why? Because for the greater good of the team, that's the situation that Eric Spolster preferred. I think by force-feeding Tyler into the starting lineup, through no fault of his own, the Heat have created this ripple effect down the roster. Matter of fact, if you were to ask me, Ira, what one move outside of injuries has altered the Heat dynamic from a team that went to last season's Eastern Conference Finals, I would say it's Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. You have to wonder if money talked, more than strategy and common sense talked in that situation. Ah, money talks, a little struts. All right. Um, and here's the other one that I think kind of threw the team a little bit out of whack also, Caleb Martin. Uh, we They threw him into that power forward role, and that threw him out of whack where I loved what they did last year with him. Dude, you're Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler's off the court. That kind of went well. He would come – Jimmy would come off the – you know, come off the court – Caleb will come off the bench and replace him. Jimmy was out with an injury. Caleb kind of played that role, and he thrived in all of that. And then all of a sudden, you change his role, and you put him somewhere where it's, you know, it's not to his advantage, unfortunately. It's not his fault either now, just like the whole Tyler thing. Not his fault. You put him there in this position, and, you know, those are some of the decisions because of, I guess, whatever limitations you have on this roster – you had to make, and that has completely backfired too. And they try to address that with Kevin Love, but I'm not sure addressing it with a 34-year-old player right. off the buyout right. market was necessarily optimal. Look, they were forced into that situation when P.J. Tucker left, for whatever reason, whether you want to talk about luxury tax, salary cap, P.J. just simply wanting to play with James Harden. You don't know the full story there. There's a lot of tentacles to all of that. I understand that. So the Caleb Martin thing had to be a strategic thing. Eric Spolcher played it out. I got to tell you, Big O, the starting lineup still has a positive net rating, so it hasn't been a failure. My point with Tyler being is the bench has such an awful net rating right, right. that it's hurt them there. You can make the same argument with Caleb Martin. Again, you're not trying to set a lineup. You're trying to set a rotation. And sometimes it's not the five-man picture. It's the eight- or nine-man picture, and I think that's where the Heat are failed this season. I think they might have the right parts. I'm not so sure they put the right parts in the right places. Uh, Knicks are 10 games over 500. Heat are only three. Um, this is a, a much better Knicks team coming in. Uh, the point guard, it, was, it wasn't it was working out at the beginning of the season. 
now the Jalen Brunson experiment has uh, has obviously worked out for the Knicks. Yeah, February Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Everyone sort of scoffed at that contract. It's proven to be a valuable contract. Give the Knicks credit. They went out. They had a need that they addressed it. You know, it's not shocking the Knicks are favored tonight. And it's going to be awful at the arena tonight with all those Knicks fans. Believe me, be thankful you're out of town, Big O, because that's not going to be a great atmosphere. And I think when you look at the situation, the Knicks are a better team. They are a more talented team. They are a deeper team. So it should not be a shock. If you're talking about the Heat getting a top six playoff seed, it's all about catching the Brooklyn Nets. You are not catching the Knicks. I know the Heat have three more games, including two at home at Miami-Dade Arena against New York. But you know what? Being a basketball person and analyzing the rosters with Julius Randle playing well, with Mitchell Robinson coming back as a double-double, high-percentage offensive machine, with R.J. Barrett being at least the equivalent of a Tyler Hero, with Jalen Brunson being better than anyone that the Heat put at point guard, right now the Knicks are the more talented team, and they're the more athletic team. And that's the problem. The Heat are slow and unathletic. You get a team like Brunson and the Knicks out there running in the open court, you get in trouble also. Knicks are better. This will be a big win for the Heat. Shouldn't be expected. It's just needed. And that's the thing. Knicks tonight. Hawks on, on Saturday, Hawks on Monday, Cavs on Wednesday, Cavs on Friday. It's not like, oh, the Heat are at home. It's going to solve and be a panacea. It's not. They're playing tough, tough teams, and they have to play a lot better than they have recently. What do you got going on in the Sun Central leading up to this next game? You know, I posted a story this morning. I said, everyone thought, okay, we're going to evaluate our impending free agents in the playoffs. How would Max Struess stand up there? How will Gabe Vincent stand up there? Maybe even Yurtseven coming back there, or Hayward Highsmith with a team option. Well, now all of a sudden, they might have to do those evaluations now. There might not be playoffs. There might not be a playoff read on Max Struess, who was very good in last year's playoffs. There might not be a playoff read on Gabe Vincent, who was very good in last year's playoffs. There's a bunch of guys on the Heat. Instead of playing for contracts in the playoffs, they may have to play for them starting now. So there's a lot of pressure on guys like Struess, like Vincent, like Haywood Highsmith. It'll be really interesting during these final 19 games to see what they could do to maybe extend that observation period into the playoffs. So I break that all down at sunsentinel.com on your doorstep, except in Indianapolis on Saturday. By the way, Lakers aren't making the playoffs, right? If Anthony Davis is great, there is such mediocrity in the play-in level of the West that they can give themselves a puncher shot in the play-in. But I also think it's the ultimate excuse. LeBron's hurt. We would have been a great team, but this set us back. But it's just been a really sort of, you know, type of season. They've been jinxed from the get-go. Yeah, and plus Anthony Davis staying healthy down the stretch for several weeks and carrying we'll and carrying the load. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I got my money that, uh, you know, the, the, he'll be in street clothes at one point or another since that's who he is. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heapy. Catch his exceptional work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Catch him three times a week here on the platform. Ira, have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball and those Knicks fans. Catch you Monday on our Accurate Pembroke Pines report after the games against the Knicks and the Hawks and playing Atlanta again on Monday. Talk to you then. Thanks, Big O. Thank you. That is Ira Winderman. And if you want a large selection of vehicles, you go to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 and Pines. It is the finest dealership in the business. It's Craig Zinn's Accurate Pembroke Pines. They got a large selection of new cars and a large selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. And they got a service center led by Mike Chan and Jordan Ferber that do an excellent job.
job. So if you own or lease an Acura, great place to get it serviced at Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines.